0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
1: Good Saturday morning
2: welcome to a busy, busy September Saturday for outdoors people and maybe some college football fans too. Well, you can add to your dove season a teal that opened up last weekend. I got a chance to go out and uh, knock a few teal down with Captain Ryan Lambert. We'll talk about that. Also, the early archery velvet buck weekend in Mississippi is in progress and who's going to be hot and sticky in those woods this weekend, but not too bad as far as The weather watch, about a 20% chance of rain. We'll get to that coastal marine forecast if you're headed out on the water. And if you are, you better hurry if you're going to catch some red snapper. Uh, They figure that the quota will be met, and by one minute after midnight tomorrow, the red snapper season in Louisiana will be shut down. They indicate that 91% was caught through September the 4th, and these last two weeks they figure it's going to be wrapping up on the 19th. So, They'll continue to evaluate the red snapper landings. If there's anything left over, they might extend the season or carry it over to next year's. But if it does close as planned uh, Monday at 12.01 a.m., uh, we'll have 54 days we have fish for red snapper, not a bad season. Well, we also got some disturbing news this week, and you probably heard about it, about a renegade net drifting full of rotting fish off the Louisiana coast. Uh, came to his compliments of Omega Protein the Menhaden industry also known as the pogie boats we're going to talk much more about this story with the Coastal Conservation Association executive director David Cresson you may recall during the legislative session we updated and talked with him week to week uh, they were very in, strong in favor of some more regular regulations on the industry to prevent Not only coastal erosion, but incidents like this where there's a lot of wasted bycatch. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, There's some long overdue restrictions to get in line with our Gulf Coast neighboring states. We'll talk about that. And also to ask you your opinion. How can we solve this problem? And we'd love for you to text us, 504-260-1870. And you can also send in your personal fishing reports, your questions, your comments. We welcome those every week. Early fall calendar of events, next weekend's a big one, Clean Out Your Freezer Day. I'll be part of collecting uh, your fish and game that make room in your freezer for the fall seasons, and at the same time, help feed the needy. If you want to find a location in the state near you, go to cleanoutyourfreezer.com. Next Sunday, I will be at Southside Cafe between 1 and 4 p.m. with ice chest in hand waiting for you to bring in your Fish and game, if you've got an abundance of it, you need to make some room, uh, believe me, it will go to a good cause. We'll also have some live fishing reports from our field reporters and a case of hunter harassment allegedly committed by a man whose name is Hunter. How strange is that? That's our bad boys of the outdoor story, and that will be coming up a little bit later on. Your coastal marine forecast, if you are headed out today, you're looking offshore at east winds, 15 to 20 knots, about a 3 to 4-foot sea. If you're on the inside, northeast becoming easterly, and I'm sure eventually by next week they'll be back to southeast. 10 to 15 with a moderate chop. It was very nice getting that little, uh, they called it fake fall (laughs) weather that came in earlier this week. It was really nice. All right, so we got that going on. Mississippi River's at 3.3 and continuing the fall. Good rock and roll water moving today. Average tide range 1.3 feet, so you got some good tidal action and that's always important when you're trying to get after those saltwater fish, and in a lot of cases, freshwater fish, too. All right, remember that text number, 504-260-1870. By the way, I want to thank Lafitte LT for sending me those pictures. He and the, his wife went a, a trip to Gloucester, Massachusetts, for the giant bluefin tuna. By the way, if you want to send me fi- pictures, uh, you need to do that. Either message me or you can uh, send that to my webpage, dontheoutdoorsguy.com. Use the contact button. The 504-260-1870 text line for this show is only monitored between 5 and 7 on a Saturday. And sorry, but we cannot accept any pictures. We come back right after this. We'll be talking to Robbie Campo. Get your fishing report for the St. Bernard area. Right after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, if you're headed down to the St. Bernard Air to Fish, we got Robbie Campos standing by at the marina right there in Shell Beach. And, Robbie, I've been watching the radar for the last hour. There was uh, some little storms that crossed the the Chandelier Island, change, <laughs> and they were headed directly west towards you but as they made it on shore it looks like they were kind of breaking up what is the situation weather wise by you now
3: well uh, i tell you don we have a little i was looking at the same thing we had a little light drizzle here right now um i think this is going to pass and we're going to be you know uh in a clear most of it looked like it was going to go over the stump lagoon area over towards lake barn and kind of uh towards alligator point i think that's where that's going to wind up um it's heading on shore but uh as of right now we got just a a little light rain you know a little light drizzle that's it
2: that's some good news it does look like it's it's kind of (laughs) dissipating as it comes into the shoreline uh robbie how's the fishing been this week
3: well i tell you don um you know we had uh some really stiff uh east northeast winds this week um our fishermen couldn't get out into the sound um um, it was, it was brutal. I mean, it was three, four footers out there all week. Um, and you know, when you get a Northeast wind, um, even up on those oyster reefs out in that, on the outer end of that Biloxi Marsh, um, and Shell Island Lake and Fishing Smag Bay and Drum Bay and Morgan's Harbor and Treasure Bay, that wind blows right up in there. So all that water was dirty, turned up to, um, not much trout caught in that area, I feel like there is trout in that area. It's just not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fishable this week. Um, so most of the guys turned uh, to redfish this week. Um, everybody says, oh, the redfish is depleted, depleted. But that don't seem to be the case. They had tables full of them around here this past week. So um, most of the guys targeted redfish that did go. Uh, although I did have a fisherman yesterday, I uh, asked for a little bit of advice. I said, you know, where maybe I catch some trout? I said, maybe on the backside of the dam, going down maybe to Anastasia or those big lagoons right before by a point-to-point. Point. Um, you know, they went there, they caught 45 trout uh, fishing on the edge of the channel yesterday, on the north side of the channel, so there is some trout there, and it wasn't, it wasn't hammers, it wasn't, you know, two, three pounders, but they were definitely 12 and enough, and 13 inch fish, and you know, they, they put 45 in the boat. So, um, down at, and, and live shrimp was the ticket. Uh, so if you're coming down here this morning, you know, um, let this, this rain is gonna pass. And I think, and the wind is still blowing out of the east northeast like it was yesterday. So, um, I think most of the people today are gonna have to go target some redfish back up in the Biloxi Marsh and try to get out of this wind a little bit.
2: Yep, sounds like a plan. Robbie, we're right smack in the middle of the three-week teal season, one more week to go. Uh, it's been pretty yeah. bleak in most areas. How's it been in Biloxi Marsh?
3: Biloxi Marsh is terrible. Um, I don't think there was a duck shot in the Biloxi Marsh. If there was one, that would be plenty. Um, but, I, you know, most of the birds, Don, that, uh, that, that I heard about that was killed in this area was uh, over on the Reggio side and down uh, going towards Specials Marina, you know, down in Point LaHash down there. Um, they did uh-huh. really well down that area. But over here, they didn't do – man, it, you couldn't – I think Zach told me he saw five birds maybe fly over the ship while he was trawling. Um, that's, yeah. that's just no – there's no teal ducks around here, man. It's 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 really, really bad. Uh, one other thing, Don, next weekend we are hosting uh, PBF Shell Met Refinery's uh, fishing tournament. And if anybody wants to fish it, um, they're more than welcome to. It'll be $30 an entry fee, and they will be selling tickets here at Campos. Um, It'll be a hectic day, so be patient, people, if you're coming down this way and you want to fish that tournament next weekend. So um, with that said, hey, if you're going fishing today, hook the left and come and see us. We're waiting on
2: you. All right. All sounds good, Robbie. Take care, my friend. Thank you for the report. All right, buddy.
3: Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
2: All right, that is Robbie Campo. He's at Shell Beach. You can talk to him. Just pull up there in the marina. Robbie will tell you all you need to know about going to catch some fish and fix you up with everything you need. All right, coming back after this, time for our freshwater fishing report. Jeff Brule joins us. He's been in and about checking for bass and uh, brim and some of those other fish that uh, swim in the freshwater areas. He does a little saltwater fishing, too. We're back with Jeff's report right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we'll be talking to Jeff Brule uh, shortly. We'll be getting him. I believe we lost him, but also we're going to talk to David Cresson about that rogue net. If you haven't heard about it, uh, you might have seen it on my social media page. Uh, There was a net with some 900,000 fish. Uh, It was estimated that they weighed about a half a million pounds, 500,000, and the net was too big to bring aboard the boat, and they abandoned it, cut it loose, and uh, I don't think it's been located. A lot of questions to be asked about it, and It's all part of that pogey, menhaden industry. It's very controversial, and we need to work on that in our state. Uh, As soon as we get Jeff back, we'll get that freshwater fishing report. By the way, those freshwater reports are brought to you by Pure Fishing, and they are the makers of that Braid. If you haven't heard about it, it's the number one over – object that overcomes abrasion online which is a huge problem and there's a lot of obstacles that get between us and on our fish. Don't let abrasion get between you and your fish. Get some DuraBraid. It's a product of pure fishing. All right. also want to tell you about clean out your freezer day. Do not forget about this. It's a once a year event. It's going to be next Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be drop-off locations are set up all across the state. Lake Charles, Acadiana, North Louisiana, Central Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Ruston, Natchitoches. Uh, I'll be manning one in Slidell at Southside Cafe on Highway 11, Pontchartrain Drive, between 1 and 4. And the idea of this is, this is a time of the year when you get ready to start putting venison and ducks and geese and small game and fall fish into your freezer. And a lot of times we need to make room to do that, and in order to do that, What we need to do is clean that freezer out. And what better way to put that excess game and fish to use than to donate it to the hungry? Hunters for the Hungry, which is a nonprofit organization, uh, accumulates all of this fish and game. They distribute it to food banks across the state. And not only does it give you a little bit of satisfaction, but it also does a lot for the image of of hunters and fishermen. So if you can participate, just uh, label it, put what's on it, a date. Most of that's already done. Put it in an ice chest. Bring it to one of those locations. And if you can go to cleanoutyourfreezer.com, you'll find locations all over the state, and there'll be one, I'm sure, near you. All right. uh, I did get a chance to get some information from Jeff about the freshwater fishing. And he's telling me that uh, Bayou Liberty, which is a bayou that empties into Lake Pontchartrain, they're starting to get some bass and also some specks and white trout that are showing up in the mouth of the bayou. Uh, He says, you know, he can remember as a kid, as soon as you get a little cool front like we just had, and teal season came in, uh, the school trout started showing up along the north shore. Uh, He said the fishing has been really good there. The trout are about 12 to 14 inches Lots of bites, and if you use a half-ounce jig head with a matrix shad, just kind of hop it along the bottom, and the trout usually move in this time of the year, and they'll be around till about November. Uh, Jeff had gone fishing, I believe yesterday he had to go fishing in Venice, and hopefully we'll get a report from him on, on the Venice fishing. Uh, also want to get to our text message board. If you've got a text uh, you want to send us, it's 504 Two six zero one eight seventy. Justin, our friend in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge, says uh, it's very active there. The squirrels are running the trees, and uh, his, his praying man has spent the night on the porch. All right, we got Toby. He's going to participate in the velvet buck hunt in Mississippi. Then he's got LSU planned this evening. He's got all over Mississippi. They're playing LSU. All right, we got Jeff Brule now. We're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated report. We got him, but let's talk to him now, Jeff. Thanks for getting back with us uh i covered the bayou liberty report tell us about your chunk to river report
4: oh tons of little bass down there it's a good sign for next year i uh, went one day last week just got to fish real slow uh weightless stick baits weightless trick worms just barely moving it but we probably caught over 40 bass but problem was most of them are about 10 11 12 inches long but Lots of fun. I mean, it's a good place just to go have a little bit of fun. But just kind of get on the edge of the the grass mats and then the ledges, just off a little deeper water, about four to six foot of water, and work those sinkos and stick baits real slow, and uh, you'll pick up some fish.
2: Jeff, talking about Venice, uh, I hope you got down there. You may be down there now. The river's at 3-3. We haven't had it that low in, in several years. What's the situation for bass fishermen down in Venice?
4: I'm going to see. I hadn't got a lot of reports, you know, when the school starts back and then other things going on. A lot of people kind of stopped going for a while. And, and the river came up a little bit, but the reports are the river looks good, good clean. Uh, we're going to go hunt some pockets and some canals and see if we can get onto some fish. But, you know, the, other than the storm hurting the population a little bit, the fish has been pretty decent down there. So I'll have a full report for you. I'll send it to you for next week. You can tell everybody if the fishing is good down there or not, but usually Venice is just a fun place to go.
2: And if you could, uh, give us a quick tip about keeping journals. Some people like to do that. Others people don't, but it's a great way to, uh, can, you know, accumulate a, a plethora of knowledge that you can use from year to year.
4: Right. If you just start at the beginning of the year, get your little notepad, there's a bunch of apps you can use. Just jot down all your conditions, you know, tide, temperature, winds, everything like that, where you caught them, what you caught them on. So when you come back next year, you know that, like I always knew, when teal season started and you get a cold front, the the struggle trout are going to show up on the shorelines and the bayous of the North Shore. So it's something that gives you something to refer back on, and it will give you a starting point for next year. When you get to a certain time, you know where to go look for your fish.
2: Got it. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot for the report. We appreciate it, and uh, keep us up to date on what's happening in Venice when you get down that way. Thanks, Don. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to be taking a short uh, station identification break, and right after that, we're going to be talking to David Cresson about that that net full of fish that was found floating off uh, the coast of Holly Beach, uh, what happened to it, what's going to be done about it, if anything, and uh, you take your comments on it, too, 504-260-1870. It's our instant text to studio. We're back right after this. Well, this week it did not take long for pictures of a net with about 900,000 fish weighing uh, almost a half a million pounds uh, floating free off the coast of Holly Beach in Cameron Parish this week, uh, dead fish rotting in it, uh, started getting lots of complaints. Uh, Omega Protein uh, said that it was their net, and it was so overloaded that they couldn't deal with it, so basically the mothership had to, to cut it loose uh, What the, where it is and what's going on with it now is drips and drabs of information coming in. Uh, You may recall we talked to David Cresson, Executive Director of the Coastal Conservation Association, throughout the legislative session. They were trying to impose some stricter regulations. You know, Florida and Alabama in their state waters have a total ban. Mississippi only allows it one mile off the shoreline. Texas has uh, limits of one mile and a half mile, depending on whether it's by Some of the islands are not, and they have assigned a 31.5 million pound total catch limit. Here in Louisiana, we have no catch limit. We did manage to get a half a mile restriction, I'm sorry, a quarter of a mile restriction from our coast, and uh, it's been accused of causing problems with coastal erosion, exacerbating it from these big ships churning up their engines not to mention uh, the the substantial bycatch. And there's a lot of questions about this incident. Why was the net abandoned and not tried to retrieve the fish and the net? Uh, Was it within a quarter mile of the shore? How far out was it when it took place? Why were there no floats attached to the net, which there normally are? Why were they removed if they were removed? Why were no safety markers put on it to prevent potential hazards to boaters? And what was the inventory? What exactly was the species, the poundage? uh, And really, is this a resulting in an environmental or even possibly a a criminal offense? Who is going to monitor this? Those are a lot of the questions. We'll explore some of those with David Cresson of CCA right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio Network. And let me introduce David Cresson, uh, the Executive Director for the Coastal Conservation Association of Louisiana. David, thanks for being with us this morning. We appreciate it.
5: Always good to be with you, Don. Thank you for having me.
2: David, you've been tracking this thing since reports started coming in and we get information in drips and drabs. What's the latest you can tell us about this this, uh, abandoned floating mystery net off Holly Beach?
5: Yeah, you did a really good job of Summarizing it, Don, I haven't gotten any new information that that the rest of the public hasn't gotten as well. Uh, to my knowledge, there's no new news about whether the net has been found. There's some rumors, but no official word on whether it's been found. Uh, no statements that I know of from the company that have come out uh, with any explanation for the questions that you just that you just posed. And so, really, there's not any new information other than what cca and others have have been you know relaying to the public so i wish i had better information to give you but uh we're we're still in the dark about this
2: david when things like this occur people turn to our state agency the department of wildlife and fisheries what has been their reaction to this
5: well as always enforcement agents at Louisiana, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, I think, have done everything that that is within their power to do. They have, uh, they, according to their reports, they reacted quickly to go out and look once, uh, once it was reported. Uh, when I got the information from, from some friends and and charter captains down in that area, I immediately reported what I had heard to Wildlife and Fisheries. It's unclear to me whether they had been alerted to this before that or not um and according to those reports as soon as they know knew about it they began looking for for this net as you mentioned a minute ago had this net been appropriately marked when it was when the decision was made to cut it loose it shouldn't have been that hard to find this net by the way uh when it's you know when it's stretched out it's it could wrap around a football field. So it's not a small net. It's enormous. And so finding a net of that sort shouldn't be that hard, especially in relatively shallow water. And had it been marked with the intention of going to retrieve it later, it really shouldn't have been all that hard to find. But uh, to my knowledge, it has not been found. Maybe they found it, and we just don't know about it yet. But um, we wish they'd give us some new information.
2: David, what, who, if anyone, is the regulatory agency that oversees the Menhaden industry as far as uh, making sure that they're at the proper distances from the, the, the coastlines of all of these states and uh, that they abide by the Texas catch limit and that they, you know, that they account for the bycatch and all that's done properly? Mm-hmm. Is it our State Department? Is it NOAA? Is it the Gulf Council? U.S. Fish and Wildlife? Who, who regulates it?
5: Yeah, so in each state, you know, if it's a state regulation like a buffer zone or, or or any sort of catch limit, then the state is the one that's responsible for enforcing it. So if a boat were to uh to violate the quarter mile buffer that you mentioned, then the state of Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries would enforce that. Uh there are there is a regulatory uh body called the Gulf States Fishery Commission who uh who oversees menhaden fishery uh, the menhaden fishery in the gulf but it's 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 mostly an advisory panel more so than it is a regulatory commission the gulf council that you mentioned does not oversee menhaden uh and really so so for the most part in in louisiana especially it's you know they they monitor themselves it's it's a bit of the wild west and so We've been trying, as you mentioned, to to bring some reasonable regulation uh, to Louisiana waters and we've just they've fought us every step of the way. Every compromise we've tried to make, every reasonable step we've tried to implement has been met with resistance from the industry. And and frankly, it's it's been disappointing because we tried to work with them and it's just uh, it hadn't worked out yet. And so. It's unfortunate what happened in Holly Beach. We've been, uh, but it's not just that incident. All summer long, we have been getting calls, we've been getting videos, photographs of uh, of the boats, especially around Empire and Venice and on the uh, east side of the river towards Saint Bernard, just right up on the beaches, dead redfish floating all over the place uh, it's, uh the, the industry seems to have doubled down on their resolve to do whatever the heck they want.
2: David, stay with me. We're going to take a break and we come back. Uh, we're going to kind of revisit what the, you guys tried to get accomplished through the legislature and maybe what the next step would be in, in getting a remedy to get more in line with what our neighboring Gulf Coast states are doing to deal with it. We're talking with David Cresson, Executive Director for Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association, I thank those of you who are texting. We'll get to your text messages and share them with our audience. If you want to contribute to it, it's 504-260-1870. Also, you can go to the Coastal Conservation Association website or my Facebook page and see some photographs of that net full of rotting fish. We're back right after this. All right, we're talking with David Cresson, Executive Director for Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association. We're talking about this incident that occurred during the week where a net uh, loaded with uh, pogies and bycatch was uh, cut loose by its owner, Omega Protein. It was too many fish to handle this. was uh, We're not sure exactly where it occurred, but it was, uh, it was south of Holly Beach in Cameron Parish. And it, supposedly these boats are supposed to stay at least a quarter mile offshore. And if they're in the really sensitive areas where we're rebuilding some of the islands like Grand Terre and uh, some of the others, they're actually supposed to stay further out. Uh, we're not real sure who regulates this industry, and David, uh, there's a lot of questions that I brought up that probably need to be answered, and hopefully our state agency will, will get out there and, and see if there are any environmental or even criminal violations that occurred, and also inventory the loss of the fish, although I saw a quote where Jason Adrians, one of the biologists, said that this is probably insignificant as far as the amount of fish, and that, that may be true because they say they only harvest about 2 percent, of the entire stock in the Gulf of Mexico but I think the, the bigger issue is how closely it's done to the coast Florida and Alabama have totally banned it from their state waters Mississippi requires they be a full mile out it's a half mile and a mile in Texas depending on what part of the state that they're working in here in Louisiana we've got a quarter mile in most areas but as we all know, that they come closer. My TV crew, we've got video of them churning up mud, operating within you know, uh, the area that they're not supposed to be in. Does CCA, because you guys have been basically the leader in this, working with some legislators, do you have any plans for this next legislative session to address this again? And maybe this incident will be an impetus to get the attention that it deserves so people will open their eyes and see what's going on.
5: Well, certainly we
2: are... Thinking about
5: what those options might be for the for the spring, you know, we still have this, the very same obstacles at the legislature that we've had the last two years. The The chairmanships have remained the same. Uh, and frankly, we we've got a governor's administration that has not been supportive of our efforts on this issue. I don't know the answer to why that is, but uh, they've been uh, defenders of the Manhattan industry over the last two legislative sessions. And so if a a good piece of legislation were to face a governor's veto, then that certainly impacts what you may or may not be able to do uh, within the legislature itself. But the support amongst legislators for reasonable regulation is extremely, extremely strong, uh, a bipartisan support for, for something to get done. And it's just a matter of having the right makeup of of uh, chairmanships and leaderships, and so that so that we can ultimately get it done. You know, you mentioned something a minute ago, Don, that I think is important for people to recognize that although the industry might only uh, harvest a small percentage of the overall Gulf Menhaden stock, you got to keep in mind that almost 100% of the catch comes from just Louisiana. So. Uh, you know, to, to pretend that we're only taking 2% of Louisiana's stock of fish is misleading at very best and, and you know, turning a blind eye at very worst. Uh, you're, you, we're taking almost the entire harvest from a three-mile strip off of Louisiana's coastline. We're not taking fish from Florida. We're not taking fish from Alabama or Texas or Mississippi. Certainly pogies live there. Uh, and so, for us to uh, to frame it as if we're only taking two percent of Louisiana's catch is just not correct. I have a real concern about the sheer number of pogies we're taking from Louisiana's estuary uh, in comparison to what Louisiana's estuary has in, in terms of pogies. So that's a a, a concern. Bycatch, absolutely a concern. Uh, even if you believe the industry you know uh statements that they're two or three percent bycatch, you're still talking about tens of millions of pounds of bycatch. Uh, we were out there doing some filming the other day. we saw dead redfish, you saw plenty of other species uh, in and around the nets and and around floating in the waters. We got tons of Reports of dead fish uh, off of Holly Beach from this recent this net abandonment. So this industry is a problem. It's a problem everywhere that they've uh, with, that they've propagated this industry. They've been kicked out of most places that they have uh, that they have uh, operated, uh, and uh, we, we've got to shed a light on what these folks are doing to Louisiana's coastline and to our estuaries.
2: David, to wrap up here, what would you say to people that want to get involved in this? Uh, CCA certainly has taken a leadership role. Joining CCA would be one way. What else do you suggest they do? Uh, Do you need any more documentation? Because it's the eyes and the, the, the cell phones of fishermen that are out there that can document these violations.
5: Absolutely. If they see something that they believe is a violation or if they see dead fish floating around, they should send that to... The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. If you go to their website there is a place for you to uh, to report what you believe are violations and they encourage that. I would also ask you to copy me when you do that so that we can do some follow-up on those. In the last couple of weeks especially there's been an increased number of these sorts of reports that have been made to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Um, I I can tell you I've gotten some images from the Holly Beach incident that sure seem to indicate that there was a boat uh, extremely close to shore maybe in very shallow waters uh, that needs to be investigated whether this was part of that incident or not. Uh, These folks need to be held accountable Uh, and until they are I don't uh, I don't believe that anything will change in Louisiana and uh, it, it's time for, for there to be some reckoning in, the, in, the, in this case and in the entire industry.
2: Well, David, as some of these answers uh, come up, uh, keep us informed and aware of what's going on as we proceed through this event and get to the bottom of it, hopefully.
5: Thank you, Don. I appreciate you having me and for shedding light on this incident and the, uh, the entire industry, and we'll continue to work on this.
2: Thanks again. We appreciate it. David Cresson, Executive Director, Louisiana Coastal Conservation Association. All right, we'll take your comments at 504-260-1870, and we're back with Daryl Carpenter. Find out if he's got any experience with pogey boats. He's been working the Grand Isle area for a number of years, both offshore and inshore. Back with Captain Darrell's report right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And each week we get a Grand Isle update. And, uh, boy, Grand Isle, uh, you never know it. it. has really bounced back strong from Hurricane Ida last year. And uh, Darrell Carpenter has been keeping an eye on it and participating in the rebuilding. Darrell, good morning. Uh, I don't know if you got to hear the conversation I had with David Cresson about the pokey boats. What can you tell us about your experience with Menhaden boats in the Grand Isle area?
6: Well, Grand Isle itself, um, you know, they they tend to honor the buffer zone on Grand Isle itself. Uh, There's been a couple of incidences like this net incident that y'all were talking about that have happened on Grand Isle. But because it's a populated island, whenever that did happen, they would send ungodly amount of work crews to, I mean, to pick up every pokey that washed up on the beach, every dead redfish that washed up on the beach immediately because they didn't want their eyes on it. Uh, you get around Grand Isle, you get, you know, to the east toward the Four Value area, toward that empire area, you get over toward the Fushaw area. And without a doubt, I mean, my, my experience is just like everyone else's. I mean, they're obviously not honoring any kind of a buffer zone on our coast. They go wherever, wherever the, the fish are and they don't care where that's at, um, you know, I mean, there was one incident done a few years back where they had been working Elmer's Island Beach real hard, and on my way back, there were dead redfish floating everywhere, dead sharks and everything. And I guess that was that was a, a bad on me. I should have gotten several pictures of these dead sharks because, you know, we're sport fishermen, and and unlike, um, you know, unlike these feel-good groups that can put a TV commercial up and show a shark sinking to the bottom with no fins and get some old lady to leave them. Leave them their life inheritance. We just don't have that, and until we have that kind of money, we've got to have the voice. And it's it's when all the voices get together that that we're gonna make a difference because we can't, you know, we can't pull those heartstrings like like the green groups can. And right now, that's you know that's kind of what's running things. Now, they are joining us on. Uh, they are joining the fight in some of this, but. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, the one David used one word that's one phrase that that kind of describes it. When it comes to the pogie industry, it is definitely pretty much the wild west. I mean, they're doing what they want. They they will honor their buffer zone when eyes are on them, but when they don't feel like eyes are on them, they do whatever they want to do.
2: Yeah, you know, and in tracking the the issue, I found that you know Louisiana sports fishermen and the CC they're not trying to put them out of business. Just trying to regulate it to a point where we can live with it, you know, where they, do, they can catch fish and stay off the coast and not exacerbate our coastal erosion problem and compete with the local fishermen for not only bycatch, but, I mean, the pokey is kind of the, the basis of the food chain out there. I mean, everything eats them as far as the predator fish, and without those fish out there. It certainly takes away from our recreational fishermen. Anyway, enough of that. uh, We just got a couple of minutes left. I I noticed they had a little storm kind of moved across the island. Looks like it's all cleared up down there. What's the prospects for fishing down there this this morning?
6: Well, we're supposed to have a little bit of wind the next couple of days, which which may complicate matters a little bit on those big bays. But, I mean, it's fine, too, because we've had some redfish start to show up. We, like everybody else, are having some recruitment issue with the redfish. Um, you know, we're, I, think it's a, I think we're going to have a down year or two on the redfish until we get new class in. Uh, but what's been there to save it, the bull reds are still thick. I mean, they're everywhere. They're in the passes. Um, they're, they're right there on the beach. With that north wind, you can go ahead and hit the beach sometimes. Uh, we were outside the fort the other day, and there was a massive school of bull reds um, just all out in front of the, the fort, Fort Livingston area. Um, so there's still bull reds everywhere that can take up your time. The trout are kind of scattered. They're starting to transition in, but it might be a little bit rough to hit those open bays until we get this wind out of here in the next few days.
2: All right, Daryl, thank you so much. RealScreamers.com is where you can find him. We'll catch up with you next week. Daryl. thanks for the comments. We appreciate it. Thank you, Don. All right, when we come back, got more fishing reports and also going to tell you a story of a hunter harassment that took place on the Pearl River Wildlife Management Area. Back with all of that right after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: There's joy in every journey.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
2: clock at four.
6: Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, oh.
0: And even podcasts.
1: Whatever you love, hear it right here.